Welcome back to the 10th annual Book Binge Hunger Games. <laughs> I was so confused of where you were going with that. <laughs> uh, this is a Book Binge podcast episode about the Hunger Games prequel, a ballad of birds a ballad and of songs and bir- birds and snakes. <laughs> um, a ballad of songbirds and snakes. That's the one. Yeah. Did I tell you that for the longest time after I read Hunger Games, I just kept calling Mockingbirds Mockingjays, and I would be like, oh, I love to kill a Mockingjay. <laughs> I've done that too. <laughs> Which is funny because you do really like that book, so it just like yeah comes off the like tongue. Also, my name's Kel, and that's Jen, by the way. Yes, I am Jen. Um, welcome she to the holiday season. <laughs> Yeah, welcome to the holiday season. I I just have to say this right now. I have a tree up and my cat is obsessed with it and he keeps pulling things down. I've woken up like five times to him crunching on a pine cone ornament, so I've had to take them all down. Um so I'm gonna send you a video. If I get quiet for a moment, it's because I'm I was gonna say if I get quiet for a moment, it's because I'm watching what my crackhead cat is doing. That's funny. (laughs) Um I don't have to worry about that. Uh, I did want to sit in front of the Christmas tree and then put my Hunger Games ornaments right behind me, but mm-hmm. the lighting was not working. So I have my copy of Alan Songbird up here, but like it's it's far away. It's hard to see, but it's up um, there. It's there. Um, this it has is a poster just... in it. Apparently, I didn't know that. Oh, mine doesn't. Yeah, it has. It it comes with a collectible in-world Pan Am poster. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I mean, I'm not. I'm not gonna hang it up anywhere. But yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah. In case you can't tell, we're talking about the new movie that came out. Did either of us read the book? No. Is this a I book okay podcast? I yeah. <laughs> I I will say I tried to read it. I think I got. I think I still have a bookmark in it, and I can go over right now and tell you how far I got into it. I got a little bit past where he like gets Lucy Gray, what like when they know their mentors and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. the names in this book are yeah. outrageous, and it was making me like I I did not like his point of view, and I could not read any of the words because none of them make sense <laughs> they just wake up especially in the beginning because they're all talking to each other like the capital mm-hmm. students and I did not know any of the names and I was so confused and it was just not it I remember reading it while I was at the beach and it was hot and I was uncomfortable and then the words were confusing and I just didn't read it again so <laughs> <laughs> I never tried reading I'll be honest I kept looking at it and being like I should read that before the movie comes out. And then I was like, I don't want to. I want to read something else. So, yeah. yeah. I did look up um, the comparisons. So, um, I did look up the book to movie comparisons and, like, what was changed and Mm -hmm. such. But majority of it was all very well done uh, adaptation-wise. Except it was changed because it is a book and a movie. So, there is just some things that got changed. Yeah. So, um, before we fully hop into discussing the movie, can yes. I talk about a different book I read recently that I've been having turmoils over? <laughs> yes. Um. After that, I will need to tell you something else, too, about books. So. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah. All right. So before we jump into the main discussion. So I read The Grammar Fact this week yeah um which if you don't know if you guys remember the really really popular book talk book the deal which is a hockey romance um and then it has like three more books in the series and then it has a spinoff which is even more of the hockey players at the college but like a younger year well the gram effect is the very first book character hannah yeah hannah hannah and garrett's kid at the exact same college that they're at it's just so weird to me yeah but so here's the thing I I loved the book initially like I kind of devoured it I read it in like two days three days something like that um so Mm -hmm. like 400 something page book I think Mm -hmm. um but the more I sat with it the more I was like wait a damn second is this book misogynistic (laughs) 
Oh my god, is it? So here's the issue I have with it. The book revolves around two things. So Gigi is the daughter and she's the main character. She is a female hockey player at Briar U and she's on the female mm-hmm. team and she is trying to make it onto team USA and go to like the Olympics and get the gold. Like that's her big goal. And then mm-hmm. there's Ryder. Ryder is from a different college called Eastwood that at the very beginning of the book essentially like goes under and they get absorbed into Briar U. So the Briar's men team have to consolidate and make turn two teams into one kind of thing but they like kind of hate each other like they have some kind of rivalry or something so it's like there's high tension yeah along with this uh Ryder already has like he's already been recruited for the NFL or (laughs) the NHL. NHL yeah NHL by Dallas but it's like one of those things where he's like I have to stay on good behavior until I graduate or else they won't actually take me Um, As it always is. Yeah. And then he has, like, some other just personal trauma stuff going on in the background. But we get through the book and stuff. We get to the end. Gigi does not accomplish any of her dreams. Like, she straight up, like, the guy who is, like, the head coach for Team USA, like, just got switched over. And the new person who is now the leader of Team USA is the father of her high school best friend who she had an enormous falling out with. And, like, the best friend tried to sleep with her dad and stuff to, like, break their family apart. Like, it was this whole, like, it was intense, you know? So, like, she's like, fuck, I'm, he's not going to pick me because his daughter hates me. And then on top of that, she's, like, getting all these things where she's, like, her dad's, like, do you want me to like call in a favor for you do you want me to do this for you like mm-hmm. and she's like no I don't want to do anything on your nepotism I want to do it all on my own mm-hmm. and then we get to the end of the book and all writers problems get resolved and then it's just like do 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 we won our final four and now I'm gonna go oh there's also this subplot the reason they start like hanging out sorry Garrett her dad is running this like camp this train camp for younger kids and he wants to pick mm-hmm. the briar U students to be like a co-captain on that camp and Ryder really mm-hmm. wants it but he Ryder's like your dad hates me like can you put in a good word for me and she's like yeah I'll do that if you do this for me um yeah which is pretty much just her being like I'm really stressed can we fuck <laughs> so I can like get rid of my stress okay anyways um but we get to the end of the book uh he wins his championship. So does Gigi, but that's regardless. He wins his championship. His personal trauma from his childhood gets resolved. His NHL team calls him and is like, hey, I know like some shit just blew up in the media, but I just want to let you know, we have your back. You're still going to come play for us. And then mm-hmm. Garrett's Garrett, uh, Gigi's dad, is also like, yeah, you can come be the co-captain at my team. And on top of all this, he comes from like a broken family. So he also gains a family from being with Gigi you know like he gains like a perfect mm-hmm. family Gigi however wins I don't even think she wins the final four I think it's before they win the final four they like mm-hmm. I think play the playoffs or the semifinals or something like that and then the guy from team USA is like hey I just want to let you know you definitely are one of the best players in the country uh you're like the best female college player however the roster is filled like you're not you don't have a spot on the team and she like sobs about it um which is valid I would too and then at the very end she makes some kind of comment where she's like I'll try again in four years and if that doesn't work then I'll make a killing being writer's um agent and I'll get us all the big bucks I'm like that's what you're that's gonna be no you should get your dream too if the man gets all his dreams yeah this is a fictional book let her get her dreams too yeah that is giving off a little misogynistic with the ending because like she's just like actually i'll just throw it all away because yeah he's he's happy he's happy i don't need to be happy (laughs) yeah and then on top of that like at the very very beginning um this was like the the first time i was like oh i don't like that but like i'll just ignore it for now and i was like maybe i'll get better and then after i finished the book and i kept thinking about it i got was getting more and more upset mm-hmm. but at the very beginning of the book when the character's like explaining why her goals is being a olympic gold medalist 
she was talking about she was like oh i always looked up to my dad and i really wanted to win the stanley cup but then my dad explained to me that i will never be able to win the stanley cup and then she's like there is women's pro hockey but like it's not as well televised it's like not as like a big of an accomplishment and then she's like she's like the men's hockey obviously get paid a lot better and then she's like which i mean they definitely deserve by the way they rake in a lot more viewership than one women's game or she's like one men's hockey game rakes in probably more viewerships than all the women's season together and i was like mm-hmm. we don't need to say these thoughts out loud I was yeah like, like that's you could have simply just been like yeah, the world is fucked and women don't get paid as much. So I, I want to be in, go to the Olympics instead of just aiming for women's pro. You didn't have to be like, but the men deserve the money. We don't. Yeah, that's a little weird. Also, um, spoilers for the Graham effect. The whole plot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you did God, not give that warning now. We, we that was you. I I was not. That was all you. I did not know what you were gonna say. I was not expecting you to spoil the whole book. That that was you. Sorry, but yeah, that was me. Mm -hmm. Look, guys, if we're gonna talk about books, just assume they're gonna be spoilers, okay? If you hear us mention a book name and you don't want to know anything about it, just skip out. I'm so sorry, okay? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. um that's that being said though well i still probably read more of the briar u series whenever i get an itching to yeah probably. for sure yeah why not why wouldn't yeah. you i skipped so. like five books and i went right to the gram effect and quite frankly didn't matter at all it doesn't none of those books can matter on like what order yeah. you read them so yeah yeah so what's your tidbit about books that you had to tell me austin <laughs> is on chapter 10 of Throne of Glass. <laughs> you have to give me warning. Like, when he gets to uh, Air Fire, you have to get me warning so I can, like, start speed reading. Um, well, he will be reading it in the correct order. So, so he's gonna he read will be added Assassin's, Assassin's Blade. Blade before you, yeah. Okay, um, well, tell me, when he gets to Assassin's Blade, you need to tell me. <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah too and many then people I... are beating me on reading this book series mainly because i just don't want to but also like i want to be a part of it i um started re-listening to it again and i was just sitting there like as i'm doing homework listening to it and i'm like god this is my roman empire this i'm obsessed with this series because i'm sitting there yeah. just like in chapter seven like selena's the best thing ever my god <laughs> <laughs> like, I was just so like I love her so much mm-hmm. and I'm like and I love her in the beginning and her little character de- not her little her a lot of character development yeah but, like still yeah uh, I I really need to get back to reading those books but I just have no motivation to read fantasy right now oh that's fine I mean I haven't read it either I'm just list- I'm re-listening to it while I do homework so yeah because uh, I'm still on the same exact percentage of the Iron Flame. Sorry, not sorry, girly. You gotta finish. I'm trying. That. Where girl, you... I have two more weeks. Let me finish my finals. <laughs> okay. Spoiler alert for Iron Flame. There, we said it. Uh, where are you at? Sixty <laughs> percent. I don't remember what happened at this point. Um, girl. oh, I'm still the same. I'm still the same exact spot, which is where um her sister comes to whatever place it is, and she finds out that her brother is still alive, and like decks her brother. Oh, okay. that's the around that's the last thing i remember yeah. i'm sure a few more things happen but they're around there mm-hmm. so my sister keeps sending me all these theories she has with like screenshots of like the book like pages from the books from her mm-hmm. kindle and her highlighting things and being like this is my evidence for why i think this theory is happening <laughs> and i love it so much i love how into it she is but at the same time i'm like I... we don't even have a, a release date for book three yet yeah so, like, let's try to stay a little bit sane of mind, because if I delve too deep into theories, then I'll literally, like, start to itch at my skin because of the fact that I can't have the next book. Yeah, I, I my goal is to finish it before um, the House of Flame. Mm, whatever. I think they're both, I think they're both flames. Um, the, 
third Crescent City book comes out. So, because mm-hmm. that's going to be a doozy. It's still I mean, wild uh, to me that you're going to read the third book and not have read the first or second. I mean, it doesn't really matter because it's not <laughs> like it's all the Crescent City POVs. Spoiler for Crescent City. I know we've said it before on this podcast. Yeah. But it's not. It's a lot of those is like Rice and and like them. So yeah. at least I'll half of it is. Yeah. I'll let you read it first and then tell me if I should. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, is it going to be I, like a? I kind of want It's going to be like an Erica read, though. I think at some parts where, like, you know how Erica like skim reads and like skips pages. It's going to be yeah. me <laughs> reading Crescent City because I'm just like, I just need to get through this. I want to know what happens, but I don't really care enough about your thoughts behind it. So. Yeah, I kind of want to get my sister to read Actar. I don't know mm-hmm. why. I just think it would be kind of funny and fun to get her to read it. But I don't know if I should just like suggest it to her or even like get the first book and annotate. I would love to annotate a book for her for Christmas. I just don't know what fucking book I would do. Um, I, mean, I think she would enjoy Avatar. Yeah. So <laughs> she started reading Darkest Minds. She finished it actually. Um, Did she really? Yeah. Aww. Or at I least she's almost moment. she's almost finished with uh, in the afterlife. Or she did finish it. Um, no, she definitely did finish it. She, like, texted me randomly, and she was like, I finished Darkest Minds, by the way. And I was like, what the fuck? I was like, why did you say anything to me? And she was like, well, you told me not to say anything if I didn't like it, and I didn't like book two. And I was like, oh. and you still read book three? She's like, yeah, because I don't remember why she said she decided to keep reading book three. But she was like, but I liked book three. It got better towards the end. And, like, I was like, that's valid. Book two is kind of, like, a bit rough at points. Two yeah you, book two person has book twos suck not really yeah. I, uh, except for we're gonna go back to the hunger games which is what this thing is about catching fire is the best book out of all of the books but Facts. it's either like really bad or really good yeah not even bad it's just like it is a stepping stone into like the next thing i think that's why i haven't really read the iron flame because like it is it's i'm sure it's good but like at the first parts i'm just like it just now started picking up yeah the first oh, I'm kind of surprised you thought that. I felt like there was something happening every single second. Maybe I mean, it wasn't always happening. like major things, but like there was stuff happening, but it wasn't like it wasn't. It was you could tell there were. I feel like stepping stones to the like later on plot. Like none yeah. of it was like immediate. Yeah, that's fair. So, until after, like right now, where we are, like I can tell there's going to be more to it. But when they're just at the college, I'm just like, okay. Yeah. I get there's stuff going on, but until she gets kidnapped. Yeah. The overall plot. Have have you seen what in Andarna looks like now? Um, no, but I'll wait till after I read it. No, I mean like have they described in the book? Like, yeah. Oh uh, yeah. She... Yeah, okay. she's changed Another, to the beginning. Um, okay. Another spoiler for Iron Flame, real quick. We've been spoiling Iron Flame. Yeah. I saw a black cat recently at a shelter, and I was like, it was a girl, and I was like, do I get this bitch and rename her to Andarna, and then just call her Anna for short around the house, and then I have two black cats with two dragon names. Oh my god. (laughs) That's going to be my thing. All my cats are going to be named after dragons. I'm going to have a dart, a Drago at some point, or what is it called? It's uh, Daenerys' dragon. I keep thinking of Draco because you made it sound like Draco. <laughs> Speaking of Draco, uh, Tom Bliff, nice, love him for um, yeah. being a fan cast for not only um, Aaron Warner now, um, <laughs> but also uh, Draco Malfoy. He did really good. Not mm-hmm. that Tom Felton's bad, but he he's Drogon. Uh, okay, Drogon is our dragon. Anyways, right. back so to the original plot of the story. <laughs> the movie yeah if you guys have not seen the ballad of songbirds and snakes uh don't listen to this episode i don't know why you're here um if you have hi what was your opinions did you like it i thought snow was kind of valid for the most part (laughs) let's just start off like hot takes right off the bat 
Look, I understand um, the just... ending was bad. I understand I didn't read the books, and apparently he's really psychotic in the books. But in the movie, it's just... not that he's not valid. Like going through the pretty much what if you guys haven't watched it and you're just listening to us talk about it for some reason, um, it's it's Cornelius Cornelius's. Corn, there's an O in there. But we're gonna say Snow because I can't pronounce his first name. Coriolanus. Yeah. There we go. Coriolanus knows. Um, like how he becomes the president Snow that we know more or less. So he doesn't start out as a inherently bad person because he is just like a 17 year old and living in the capital and knows what he knows. Um, but then at the end of the book, he is indeed the president Snow that we know that uh killed Finnick and all of these other people that we love and care for so he I do think he has valid things that he does but I'm sure his mind in the book from what I've heard and like his reasonings behind it are all not that good no I can agree with that so and it doesn't help that Tom Blythe is very attractive yeah I was gonna say that really (laughs) He made Long him hair, like buzz lovable. cut hair. He looks great either way. Mm. Which is the point of I think the point of the book is to love him and then realize, oh, maybe we shouldn't be. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> you you rue for him and Lucy Gray, and then you're like, oh yeah. These kind of books are always Got like a little it. bit weirder because it's like if this had been like the very first book we got from the Hunger Games series then it really would feel like a sense of betrayal. But it's like, because we already know who he is and what he does later in life, you're almost like, you keep catching yourself as you're reading or watching it in our case, being like, oh, why am I, why am I having these feelings? Like, why am I like getting giddy and happy about things that he's doing? Yeah. Which, I mean, you do up until the very end. Like, I I was kind of like, you could be, you could be a change him. Yeah. She does change him. But for yeah. that, she doesn't really change him. She just initiates yeah. his like psychological breakdown uh-huh. and then realizes like he can't trust anyone and never does trust anyone again because fucking Lucy Gray. So mm-hmm. um I don't really know if I have much to say about the actual movie other than like my little things that connect it to the Hunger Games. <laughs> That's and, fine. Like, the okay um i'll start out with the cornucopia i find it so cool i don't know if it's like this i'm assuming it's like this in the book too but the fact that like when the rebels attack the arena and the rubble they're like the rubble rubble i went to go say rebel and then i was like yeah (laughs) the rubble fell in the center in a shape of the cornucopia and i was like i like that little symbolism because like it wasn't mm-hmm. there before and now it is after yeah. the hunger games so i will say i was like so shocked when we i don't know i guess i just didn't realize that the hunger games weren't the way we saw them in katniss's one like from the beginning yeah and i was like oh wow they really put everybody into this tiny ass arena and then people just sit in the crowd and watch like that's wild to me i was like yeah not to be like really morbid or anything but like i would have been like yeah no wonder this has terrible tv ratings like yeah i'm sure they changed that eventually where like they stopped actually having like the roman empire situation where people were watching it because I'm yeah. sure someone died from that but yeah. yeah it was like what we saw what we knew the Hunger Games to be like the transition yeah. to it, which is kind of cool. There's, there's also like that part where it's like right before the rebel bombs the arena, where they're like, "All right, yeah. mentors, you have like 30 minutes or whatever time they said to scope out the arena with your um, Vic no tributes, uh, mm-hmm. and like strategize plan." And I was like, "Strategize what plan? This is like an open." plane there's not even anywhere to hide there's nowhere to climb like what is there to strategize here yeah from the look sounds of it, it's just a bloodbath for like not yeah. even a day because they're all like man this is taking a long time well like the katniss's hunger games took like a week yeah exactly like 
it was a week long versus hers was even not even like two and a half days which is still like long for them apparently not even it was two days it wasn't even uh, two full days yeah no because they only went through one night time yeah yeah um but that was a long time in their head they're used to it being only not even a day so yeah exactly I'll start, like, I guess with the first part of the book and just in general, the things about it. So the cornucopia is the one that I, like, noticed for the comparisons. There's book differences is, um, which I knew this, I just forgot about it until I read it because this is the part I did read. Mentoring wasn't a surprise. He knew, like, Snow went went into that day knowing he was going to be a mentor to a tribute um versus in the movie it was like a complete surprise to was them. it like everyone knew or he had inside knowledge they all knew like that they knew oh, wow. that was like their final project in a sense his the girl that he was partnered with um clems it looks like yeah, clementine but it's not clementine um she actually you got to see her at the end of the book or like throughout the book versus in the movies like she just like disappears after she gets bitten by the snake um and so he uh, it's like clumsy clumsy yeah. yeah um so in the book you actually like when he goes to the hospital or he goes to the hospital at some point and he sees her and she like has like snake-like effects almost like voldemort-esque where he's like oh cool. or not voldemort-esque um the, the son of the guy in goblet of fire the bad guy in goblet of fire this the tall skinny guy who he like sticks out his tongue a lot and he's very like snake like esque. I guess she's like that and yeah. she's very off and cold and like she goes back and actually does like the tribute stuff. But so there's that difference, which it like wasn't necessary, I guess, for the movie. Mm-hmm. And oh no, oh my god, oh I thought I cleared it all and I'm like, oh that would have <laughs> been awful. Um, we would have been like, and that's the end of the episode. Thank you so much. <laughs> Three of the deaths were changed, at least from what I was able to see that three of them de- uh, deaths were changed. So Just Dill like did not, not different orders, like the way they died. Okay. Um. So Dill, who she died drinking the water that Lucy Gray poisoned, actually just died of tuberculosis. <laughs> Like in like she just straight up died of tuberculosis. Um, and then Wovi uh is the one who drinks the water and Lucy Gray kills. Um okay. but Wovi dies to the snakes in the movie, right? In the movie, yeah. yeah. Um Down which, comes Wovi. No offense to Dill, <laughs> I would have probably been a lot more sad if Wovi got killed by Lucy Gray. So. Yeah. So. <laughs> um and then Reaper was actually the last person with Lucy Gray. He they were in the final two together but somehow it doesn't say how he contracted rabies from her partner her other tribute mm, yeah. 12 partner and ends up dying because she contaminated water that he drank so they, she was like trying to tire him out um like again from the sounds yeah i'm sorry if i'm inaccurate because i didn't read it um but what from what it said was like she was trying to tire him out because she was like all over the place and he ends up just drinking water Mm-hmm. um contaminated water and dying which um personally i do like the movie ending that was very it was a dramatic ending it was a very good theatrical i guess ending to the hunger games versus that seems like it would be just like a staring at him moment <laughs> so yeah true oh so like the snakes don't happen at all in the i have book? no idea um oh. i'm assuming I'm say that did. was in my opinion that was like such a smart move on snow the cheating that he does for the hunger games itself i personally really like that about his character like i'm not naive enough to think that he did that because he wanted lucy gray alive or like he couldn't tolerate the idea of her dying yeah but i just i did just like seeing how like kind of smart and cunning he is and i as awful as it is a like root for this damn man i do love seeing like people of like not elite class or elite status finding ways to outsmart and beat people of those elite status like in books and tv shows i just i always find that fascinating and it's like rooting for an underdog kind of and i love that so i Mm -hmm. liked seeing him like find these different ways to like help lucy gray win yeah which was was selfish means it was like partially for her but also partially for himself he was like well i can help her and myself at the same time and i don't want Mm -hmm. her to 
die like but also like i can win too mm-hmm. so it was like a best of both worlds situation i guess um and there was a lot of things that were slightly changed with sir james too where like i guess he was the one that um had brought up the um like helping feed the mentors not mentors the tributes and stuff like that versus in like in the movie it it is all snow's idea snow helps him with it in the books but james is the one that does it versus like in the movie it's switched around Mm -hmm. where he helps snow and then also i do know he there's like the scene where in the train snow talks about like contemplating suicide or whatever before he showed up i guess it's a bigger part in the book and he isn't on the train yet he is like snow's already at uh 12 for a while and then sir james like comes in and is like oh yeah i was contemplating suicide so it seems a little bit more like like he was gonna do it versus not doing yeah. it kind of thing mm-hmm. so which just adds to the mental illness of him <laughs> yes correct yeah um and then i think the only other one that is deals with like the capital people are the family ties which are all theorized technically i don't think any of them have been confirmed i heard one of them is confirmed but not the capital people um which is lucky caesar flickerman yeah related probably his son which they clearly look uh which is lucky flickerman was the best part of the whole movie oh yeah fucking love man had some funny tuberculosis on legs had me dying (laughs) so long i appreciated the girl when we saw i saw for the second time the girl in the theater that was dying laughing because i was like that was yeah that was me the first time i heard (laughs) um apparently there is um hilarious heavensby who is one of the 24 mentors out of his class um is rumored or like isn't he the the one dad of plutech heavensby which is the game maker after seneca crane isn't that one the one whose tribute was like the queer starbucks barista girl (laughs) possibly i think yeah he had like the curly hair kind of it looks like that would be him. Um, and then the other, only other one is Erica. Er- I want to say Erica. It's not Erica. The fucking names in this book. The bitch of a girl that dies by her tribute. Her tribute kills her with the bottle. Oh, yeah, her yeah, throat. yeah, yeah. Her last name's also Crane. And so she's oh. a relative of Seneca Crane of some sort. There's no like. Yeah true there's also one other family one but i'll say it when i get to the other i i've seen theories that lucy gray becomes greasy sue or greasy something she's like the girl in the what's that like black market they go to that katniss goes to it's called the black the black market oh i thought i had a more creative name but like there's someone there's someone in there that Katniss like goes talks to a lot it's like greasy something and they think that's Lucy Gray and then I've seen people say the blonde girl who is always with Lucy Gray which I was Uh, I was gonna bring it up later Maud Ivory is Katniss's grandmother is is, I thought I had saw that um Suzanne Collins did confirm that Maud Ivory was her grandmother, but apparently in the books you also get a lot more of her and it's like the mm-hmm. relationship between her and Lucy Gray and all of the Covey versus the movie. We don't see it as much. You actually get to see the Covey yeah. a lot more. And the book makes it more of a connection that Maud Ivory is indeed Katniss and Prim Prim's grandmother which would make sense on like her dad used to go to the cabin by the lake that's where katniss used to swim that's how she where she oh yeah swim. for sure that's where her dad used to fish that's why he saw katniss like all this stuff the hanging tree was passed down in a family maud ivory was part of lucy gray's family in a sense so yeah um, exactly yeah that was the one i was gonna bring up i was just gonna do it when we did the second part did you know that apparently the movie was originally like three hours and 40 minutes Oh, I bet. I'm sure they had to cut so much stuff because there's like a petition going around of them asking them to like release the director's cut. 
<laughs> I love I might watch it I I would watch it, it from just home watch it at home on my couch there's no yeah. way you could catch me in a theater for three hours or 40 minutes <laughs> yeah no I guess it already feels like a long ass fucking movie so yeah it does. I, have, I would have to stop at each at the after each part I'm like all right episode one is done <laughs> so I one thing I I guess it's just because like as viewers we see both sides so it's easier for us to make connections in the characters and sometimes I have a hard time remembering that yeah but when Sir Janus got caught from the mocking Jay recording and then mm. afterwards when they were walking he was like oh three's enough for me and she's like who's the third person that you killed I was like how is it not obvious he was the other voice on the fucking recording like who would who would record it yeah I I, like in my brain I was like it is blatantly obvious who recorded that like I'm just like I'm like the mocking obviously which is this is the thing that's weird and I don't understand it because I feel like it doesn't reflect what happens in catching fire but maybe we just don't see the behind the scenes is that they make it look like the Mockingjays are almost like a piece of technology. Like, you have to turn on recording. You have to turn off recording. You have to turn on play. I think that's why um, the game maker, I forget her name now, was like, there. it's a failed experiment. And they just took them all back. It's just 65 years to re- or I guess, anyone has yeah. Maybe they years fixed them by, for the 76 or 75th Hunger Game. Um, yeah. But I know, like, the Mockingjays aren't, like super widely known technology and things like that but i don't know if you knew this or not but are you talking about jabberjays no yeah i totally am i am so (laughs) sorry it's okay the jabberjays yeah i just called that you said mockingjay there's too many i say too many fake birds there's two (laughs) yeah anyways i don't know if you knew this or not but apparently in the books when Snow goes back to the capital, he doesn't just take the Pluthar or whatever, um, the Plinth prize money. He, mm-hmm. like, moves in with their family and pretty much becomes, like, their new son after Sejanus dies. And, like, Wait. he just never tells them that he's the one that got him killed, essentially, you know? Yeah. Um, but I just, like, your family are high up people in the capital. You're really saying, like, not a single person in their family or someone that they work with were like hey by the way you do know the jabberjays like have to be turned on to record so like who recorded them and yeah. it was like there's a chance that snow is the one who recorded them um i just don't think well the game maker had her his back like she had his back she wasn't gonna tell anyone and no one else was, if they thought about it like they're gonna die like from the sounds yeah like, the game maker like wouldn't let him talk about like i, I don't think like anyone would let him die or like let it out in a sense like they had yeah she had his back because she yeah. was like well you're you're gonna... obviously gonna go far and i'm gonna make sure you do go far yeah i'm just like i can totally understand lucy gray obviously not knowing anything about jabber jays and how they work so she can't question that but yeah. i also i'm like why wouldn't you just question the conversation like that's obviously his voice why wouldn't you be like hey you knew about this conversation why didn't you say anything why didn't you try to help your friend more i don't know i mean I like might a question more. yeah i did see one joke that i thought was so funny which is i don't know if you remember in catching fire or not when snow comes to visit katniss at her house in mm-hmm. the victor village he's like let's not lie to each other like let's be honest mm-hmm. and i saw someone was like you know this bitch no said let's not lie to each other because he's incapable of creating a lie after that oh i killed myself <laughs> like <laughs> he was like he was not a good liar yeah i um what is it oh the one thing i really wanted to talk about was the cabin scene where one there i read i like i really like how books change things into movie or like how they do an adaptation sometimes in the book there was never any point where lucy gray called herself a loose end he was thinking it the whole time he started having like that psychological breakdown and overthinking when he saw the guns and was like looking at her and like that whole thing was in his like inner monologue and then the movies like she says the loose ends and like you could obviously see him like start contemplating it but you can't hear it but she's the one that initiates it and then yeah. 
the later psychological breakdown where he is like, I can't trust her anymore. I can't trust anyone. And just tries to kill her and everyone. Mm-hmm. He kills a lot of Mike and Jays in the process. That's all I know. Yeah. So <laughs> it is um, like, it's so interesting. And I know that Suzanne Collins probably did this on purpose, but it is so interesting seeing all these like kind of random tidbits that are like weirdly shared between Lucy Gray and Katniss, but like not on purpose. Mm-hmm. And it's, but it's like, Oh, that just like gives like arc to snow and stuff later on. Like the fact that her name is Katniss and that Lucy Gray left with the excuse of saying she's gonna go get Katniss. Um, the fact the that mocking like, jays. the mocking jays and she being a mocking jay, her singing the hanging tree, the hanging tree being a song that's for him. Which I the hanging tree song that I don't know why that part I love look at the most the out of all the connections, I love that one the most because I love that song in the Mockingjay part one where it is her singing it and like Katniss is singing it initially and it transitions to the people singing it as they're storming the dam and they destroy mm-hmm. the dam because that scene is so well done I love that it whole is. scene it's so good and it's so like I have goosebumps thinking of it but they apparently I I can't remember if it was one of the hanging tree hanging tree situations but Lucy Gray is in the crowd at some point, but it's very known in the books that she was there during the whole, like, hanging, him hanging, and, like, the wife and all this stuff or whatever. And people were upset that, like, it makes it seem like she wasn't, it wasn't you from her Sir point Janus? of view writing. No. I don't remember if in the movies she was in the crowd. Like, I remember seeing her in the crowd, not, like, initially in the front for either the Serjanus or the other hanging. I can't yeah. remember if it was one or the other, but apparently in the book for the hanging of the husband and the girl, she's, like, very, like, it. you know she's there, like, Snow sees her or whatever, and so, like, the writing of the hanging tree is very clearly from her point of view, and it's taken mm-hmm. a little bit away from that in the movie because you can't, see, and it, like, yeah her unless you're paying attention because that's that's the focus of the scene so Mm -hmm. yeah but i do love my entry uh oh the hob that's the name of it by the way that's Um, it i knew it had some name that wasn't just black market so the hob the reason it looks so different is because when lucy gray disappears and like all that shit happens is when they ban music from district 12 and so the hob changes from this drinking party not party but like dance in area to um the black market market so Mm. obviously over time but when lucy gray disappears and like all that shit happens they banned that's when they banned music in district 12 Mm -hmm. and so they they don't have any of that kind of stuff anymore but it's the hob so okay i will say i remember what i was going to say I'm so happy to see that we are capable of still making movies with the like aesthetic and quality of like the original Hunger Games and Harry Potter movies and like that era of movie. Why can't we make more of these? Because this movie was so good and I am so tired of having kind of shitty movies. I just want the aesthetic back. I just want not even the aesthetic. I want good book to movies. Yeah, that too. All of the Hunger Games, including this one, yes, have missing pieces and habits of it. Like, it is a movie versus a book, but they're all so good. Like, they're yeah. so good. There was another, I remember still seeing, like, the video of the guy reading the Hunger Games, and it's a cornucopia thing, the initial one, like, the bloodbath, and him reading it off as the movie's playing. And, like, it's, like, word for word what's happening. And they do the same thing with Lucy Gray getting called as tribute. And he's, I don't remember if it was the same guy, but, like, someone's reading that scene in the book yeah. as it's happening. And it's so, like, well done on the transition of, like, it's the same thing happening, just, like, in the movie. But they mm-hmm. don't have, they don't have good, like, Harry Potter, again, is missing a lot of fucking stuff but still like a good movie adaptation of it mm-hmm. same i don't i never read twilight so i don't fucking know about that yeah. but like there's not very many good twilight has the vibes you just have to get past the quality sometimes yeah <laughs> i just want good good adaptations that aren't yeah which shadow and bone was getting there they did well but then they got canceled so yeah which sucks because they didn't even get to the Six of Crows plot line. Uh, it sounds so. like uh, it's Lebar, it's Dugo. Lebar Dugo, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, 
she apparently like made a comment like i don't know if you know about these but there's a thing called broadcast channels now on instagram which are mm-hmm. like if you subscribe to a broadcast channel the you can't type in it but the person who is the broadcaster can like send message outs on there and stuff like that so it's i don't know it's kind of almost like tweeting i guess but yeah through. um but she like started a broadcast channel the day that the news came out and like a bunch of people were asking her questions and she made it same like she had no clue that it was getting canceled. That's like sucks. she was blindsided by it too. Yeah. I mean, it's just what Yeah. Sadly they have to do, but it really sucks that they did like mm-hmm. it's why there's a part of me that like oh really, really, really want a Sarah J. Moss. It's oh it's gonna be fucking Akatar if they do it to like actually be at it like an adaptation yeah. but i'm so afraid of it at the same time because like if it sucks i'm not gonna watch it like i don't want yeah it. i don't want it. <laughs> I, it i think it's why i'm okay with hbo redoing harry potter because one it's hbo yeah. and they can't fuck up harry potter you can't mm-hmm. make it worse than what it already is kind of thing so like all you can do is add more stuff from the books to the, the TV, exactly tv shows yeah. But they could fuck up any uh, anything else. Hulu's gonna fuck up Akatar. That's all I can say. They're gonna mess <laughs> hey, up. Hey, I haven't. I mean, I know there was a strike for a really long time, but I haven't heard anything about that show in a while. So I'm kind of hoping it got tabled. <laughs> I just hope. I I don't want Hulu to do it. I want either Amazon Prime or HBO. Yeah, like those are the, the only two. And if I get Amazon mad at Prime's them, I get mad at them. So good. Yeah, that's um, why I was like, I'm okay with Amazon Prime. Yeah. <laughs> In other news, we have 17 days until Percy Jackson. Ooh, that is obviously another one I'm excited for, which yeah. should be a really good adaptation. I'm hoping that one as has the vibes. As, as long as the author usually is a part of it, I going back to Sarah J. Moss, I don't have confidence in her and her dis- her I don't have confidence in her being able to say no. Oh, really? Obviously, I don't know her, but I feel like she might not hold her own, especially about Akatar books and like how popular they are. They might, she might be like, okay, like we can change this to like make it better. I could be so wrong. I obviously don't know this yeah. person, but I feel like I don't. She doesn't give I up like that. Feel... Like Rick Riordan, yeah. like uh, no, we're doing it my way or the highway. Same with Susan mm-hmm. Collins. Like she's like, we're it's my the... book. Okay, I'm gonna put out just a spoiler for just like Sarah J. Moss books in general. So if yeah. you haven't either read all fifteen books, I think eight plus four plus two, fifteen or fourteen. There's fifteen, I think. Okay, fifteen about books. fifteen. All her books, guys, just all her books. Or if you know everything already, don't listen to this. But I almost feel like Game of Thrones would be. E- <laughs> Throne of Glass would be easier to adapt than Akatar because if she adapts Akatar, let's like think this through realistically. If she adapts Akatar and it does well and it gets all the way through Silver Flame, mm-hmm. we have two options now. She either has to start a brand new show to introduce Crescent City plot, yeah, or she has to completely disregard the first two books of crescent city plot and just merge them in at anyways or c completely get rid of that plot and now you're doing something completely different that's not original to the book versus throne of glass it's already fully completed and as for now it's self-contained yeah so i mean is there a lot more characters and probably like a lot more it'd probably be more intense filming wise just because like it'd be more like game of thrones where it's like it you would, would be there's have... 30 main characters in Thorn yeah. of Glass, apparently. Yeah. And like you would have to like have multiple filming locations versus like yeah. something I can't talk before Crescent City, but something like Akatar. Um you can contain it. Like you have your whole cast together for 90% of the time, kind of thing. Throne of um, Glass is very much a Game of Thrones yeah. where they are in separate whole separate countries. There's yeah, at least but... three separate groups, four. Yeah, I just worry that we're gonna have a situation like season eight of game of thrones where it's like the show would catch up too quickly and then all of a sudden it's like fuck what are we supposed to do now should we just like write our own thing or should we wait for the book like do we make another series to bring these character in do we start having 
side plots for these characters. I don't know. There's one thing. It's reason why I think I'm reading Crescent City is because I am so terrified. I'm so terrified. I think I'll boycott Sarah J. Moss and pretend she doesn't exist if she does this. That thrown to glass characters also get thrown into the whole multiverse thing because there is. I'm spoilerless because this is like a very minimal, like not like has anything to do with the thrown glass plot kind of thing. There is a point where um elaine is like falling through like almost like multiverses in a sense or realms and it, like it very clearly is like i see a guy with like wings like very rysand-esque in a sense but like it's so quick with it like there is she yeah her realm is connected in the sarah j moss realms in a sense and i'm just like please for the love of god don't do this to me i don't yeah. want i don't want it i don't want it i don't how would you feel my characters there how would you feel if she did it almost like more in a cassandra claire way where it's like she does bring in game <sighs> I swear to God, I call I call that series Game of Thrones. Fifty percent of the times I reference, they're they're the same Um, like letters, just swapped. Yeah, the dyslexia really does not help. But anyways, if she took a throne of glass character versus whether it be like one that was like very very minor to the original plot or one that like was not in the original plot but is from that universe and have them come over into the I would like that because i feel like i would be okay with it being a minor character i think my problem is more so you're more likely once she's out she's been out of writing throwing a glass for a long enough time and i would be afraid even if it is a side character that i love that she would change accidentally like the personality of them in a sense like yeah like the who they are in Throne of Glass is going to be obviously different in a different world if they're in it. Like I'd be so scared if they were like not the same character. Like if Elaine yeah. went in there and was like not herself and just like slightly different, I'd be pissed. Like I'd be yeah. so mad. And that's afraid. I'm afraid of that for Crescent City too because like she could easily fuck that one up too. Yeah. So and because Cassandra Clare kind of does that. She doesn't have multiverse, but she has series where like the dark artifice the one that i really like with emma and jude i think so yeah no jude yeah. is from never fade but it is a julianne it's a it was like it's Julia. a j word it's a j-u yeah. <laughs> yeah but god let me get back into my thoughts uh julianne and the multi- emma the yeah yeah so that series is set like five-ish years after like the original mortal instrument series ends and like the main mm-hmm. character from that one jason clary they're still mentioned every now and then and we see them like once or twice because they're very prominent people like in their government slash world kind of thing but you mm-hmm. don't see them enough that you, it like changes their character or really like does anything you know so it's yeah. like i don't know Anyways. if it was I would only be okay if it being a side character. Because, like, leave my girl alone. Leave yeah. her alone. That's all I she's have to say. So is leave. She, she's been through so much. Leave her alone. She deserves like, she to did, not ever she did be her saving. again. It was like, she did her saving. Let people save themselves now. Leave leave all of those characters. Leave them all alone. All of them. Yeah. All 30 of them. <laughs> have problems of their own. They need to be left alone, okay? Uh-huh. Leave oh. them. Leave them be. <laughs> except for the ones that don't deserve to be let be but like still yeah um uh also i what do you have i was gonna say do you have anything else you want to say about the movie or do you want to like give your overall rating um no i i don't have anything else to say i was like we've been talking about not (laughs) yeah exactly i was like i don't mind i was like i don't mind that we're talking about other things because i don't have much else to say about the movie for me it was great i I would rewatch it. Like you have rewatched it. You watched it yeah. a second time with me. But I don't think it was my favorite out of all. Like if you count that as a Hunger Games movie, it's not my favorite for sure. But I, it's not my least favorite either. Yeah, I think I'd give it like a seven or eight out of ten. I'd say eight out of ten because of yeah. what it brings into the world, and I really like. I enjoy. I think it's better than the first origin Game stories. Movie. Yeah, and I like seeing Snow like 
it rewatching because I rewatched we watched like a half of not even half of the movies the first movies rewatching it and like seeing just like snow for like split seconds and like having watched the ballad of songbirds and snakes gives him so much more like depth to his character mm-hmm. it just is so nice it's like it's <laughs> very fun to see like a villain and the, the person that we hate the whole entire time that like doesn't have much actually yeah. going for him in the hunger games have this origin story yeah for real so it makes it makes the other books better no, so. i agree with that um, Catching I, Fire is still my favorite. Do you, think, but... do you think you'll still try to read the book at some point? Or do you think it's officially like you're not going to read it now that you've seen the movie? If I got really bored, maybe. I might skim through it. Mm-hmm. I would read it more likely now than before because I heard all of the names. It was truly the names that were like like Sir Jameis. I can't even pronounce some of them. Like I just And they were not relevant enough to learn them. Yeah. A lot of them. And it was so, like, heavily, like, here's all these capital students. And I'm like, I don't care about, who are these people? (laughs) (laughs) Who are they? Um, Oh, there's one more difference. The, they didn't have, like, a prologue. You just get, apparently you get memories from Snow of the whole before the end of the war when he was a kid in the beginning of the movie where it's, like, a very much a prologue situation. It's not a prologue Mm -hmm. in the books. It's just memories in the books. Oh, I do. Okay. I like. I like the prologue ness of it. Yeah, same. So. I also want to say I think I saw a lot of things where people were, were saying like they didn't realize that's what it meant or something like that. I don't know. Doesn't matter. But the idea that what is the guy who he kills at the very very end? The, um. Like, yeah, homeboy from Game of Thrones. Yeah, Peter. I know that's his <laughs> real name. I'm pretty sure. And, yeah um but the fact that the hunger games were like literally just like a drunken idea he had and then he was like no like we actually shouldn't do this like it's so wrong like that was just me being drunk and stupid last night and now he has to live with like the trauma of like it his stupid drunk idea that he didn't actually believe in went on for Mm -hmm. 75 years yeah yeah but it ended wow. eventually, so. Mm-hmm. Um, what else is going to say? Oh, it's not relevant. Never mind. Anything it was just about think? the fact that Snow's dad is the like a general in the military, but like it makes. I'll sense be honest, really I wasn't money. sure. I wasn't, sorry, so I wasn't he, really he's sure a, what he was. He's super high up in the military, but it's not like a political figure in a sense. It's just like, like he's in the capital for a reason, yes, but they also have no money for a reason. So okay, yeah. So oh, I will say one change I saw. I didn't see enough of it to be able to tell you exactly what the changes are, but apparently in the book there was a lot of like side information too about Tigress and what she was doing behind the scenes with the capital people and things like that, and they yeah. didn't include any of that in the movie. I read a little bit of that too. Yeah, I saw a lot of people were upset about that. I wouldn't mind knowing more of her backstory. Yeah, but you can only fit like it is Snow's movie, and you can only fit yeah. So and much, it was already so. like it was like close to three hours Almost already, three wasn't hours it? Long. Yeah, yeah. All right, All right. well, that was our uh, thoughts and opinion on the ballad of songbirds. The ballad of songbirds and snakes. Goodbye, <laughs> <laughs> cool, cool, Suzanne. Cool. Collins. Collins. Wait, sorry. One super last thing. Uh huh. When we were in high school, there was one time we were like driving up to that place where like the outlet malls are. <laughs> uh huh. In the colonial area. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. With um, a bunch Our of people friends. from high school. Yeah, from high school. It was after homecoming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and one of them Sorry. i don't know if this was this one but it was definitely one of the times but one of them was like yeah suzanne collins like had hunger games ghost written like suzanne collins wasn't even the one who and that devastated me like i was about to cry in the back seat and stuff like that i was like you're li-, in my head i didn't want to say anything out loud by my head i was like you're lying don't say that about my favorite book because i was it's the when, way like, i remember that i remember yeah, that happening. it's back it was that was back when when like 
if you found out something was ghost written, it automatically lost all its credibility and like was considered like the worst thing ever. Now I look back on that every time I comes up in my memory. I'm like, you know what? If it was ghost written, I don't even care. It was still a damn good book. <laughs> it is. They are re- really good books. So yeah. Um, already right. then. Well, well, we'll come back to you guys probably one more time this month, and then we'll probably not do anything for a little bit because of holidays. Mm-hmm. And we will do a recap of our year and yeah. and reading. Aside from that, I don't have much else to say right now. I think Maybe pretty much all my thoughts out. For, um, give us a follow, a like, a review, all of the above on anywhere that you listen to podcasts. Um, you can follow us on Instagram at the Book Binge Pod or at TikTok um, at the Book Binge. Other than that, we will see you in a few weeks. So yeah, all right, yeah. And before we go, just remember. Snow lands on top. Bye. Snow, snow lands on top. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>